Good evening, everyone. Welcome um, to tonight's International Career Cafe. We get networking, get career connected. My name is Kieran Hargraves, and I'm the Associate Director of Alumni Engagement and Community Relations here at UWA. It's my very great pleasure to welcome you all here tonight from wherever you are joining us across the globe. I'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. The University of Western Australia acknowledges the custodians and traditional owners of the land on which the Island campuses are located. At the main campus, Crawley, from where I'm speaking tonight, the university acknowledges the Wajak Noongar people as the traditional owners of the land on which it is situated. The Wajak Noongar remain the spiritual and cultural custodians of their land and continue to practice their values, languages, beliefs, and knowledge. Now tonight is much more than just an event. It's about building the community bond amongst our students and graduates. This is about building relationships that may support your career for a lifetime while you're a student and beyond. And with 130,000 graduates worldwide, there's a huge pool of experience to draw from. To the students, most of the graduates here will tell you that at one time in their life, there was someone, a mentor, a fellow grad, or a family friend who shared some advice with them that really made a difference in their career. For the grads with us here tonight, there's no doubt a student here who you are gonna help, and I'm sure you'll gain something from the interaction with them as well. I encourage you all to make the most of the event. Be curious, ask questions, and really use the time to learn from each other. I wanna say a special thank you to the UWA Business School, to Kelt, Lottery West, Study Perth, and the WA government for helping bring tonight's event to life. And to our moderator, Ines Fays, one of our amazing alumni ambassadors in Singapore, um, Ines, over to you to introduce the panel. Thank you so much and really excited to start off this session um, with this great group here. Um, yeah, so I'd like to turn it over to the panelists um, to go around the room. You guys can briefly introduce yourself, share what you do today, um, and also share a little bit about your journey from uni to how you got to where you are. Um, yeah, anyone who wants to start? Maybe we can go with Andrew. Yep, I'll start. Sorry, everyone's behind me, but you can see me in this way. Um, I, I studied at um, UWA and uh, graduated in 1990 with, uh, in School of Architecture. And then uh, about 15 years later, I decided that I wanted a change in, um, into management and into career, uh, career change. So I did my MBA at uh, this business school, but in the former building in Maya Street. Um, and now I run my own private practice, which is actually based at UWA School of Design. I'm an adjunct professor there, uh, associate professor involved with uh, work integrated learning there, offering uh, final year students a work opportunity with uh, industry experience. Maybe we can go over to Amber. All right, so uh, hi everyone, my name is Amber. Uh, I'm come from China and I have graduated in 2015 with a Bachelor of Accounting and Marketing. Uh, currently I'm based in Shanghai, China. So uh, at the moment I'm working at a domestic company called uh, Shanghai Beauty Take at HIBP. And before that, uh, I was working on a micro page as a headhunter. Um, actually, this is not what I was expecting uh, when I was at uni as I have studied uh, accounting and marketing. So I really thought I will become an accountant after my graduation. Uh, actually, I have tried, but I soon realized it's not something I really want. So uh, I took a master's degree after being an accountant for one year. 
and uh, then I changed my career path to the human resource management. That's really interesting. I think on my side as well, I guess I, I forgot to give an introduction <laughs> for myself. Um, so I did economics and finance in uni, so UWA Business School. Um, but then I ended up um, going to more towards marketing. So I went, I started work in market research and then I, now I work for a tech company as an account manager, which is still within the marketing space. But yeah, um, completely not what I think my parents expected me to be working in a bank. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would like to go next? Good afternoon, good evening, everyone. So I'm Danya, I'm based in Malaysia. I graduated uh, with a Bachelor's of Petroleum Engineering in 2014. Um, and I am currently a trader attached to Cargill's Cocoa and Chocolate Division. So then again, what I studied versus who I am right now, two entirely different fields, but I guess we'll dive into that a little bit deeper um, as we progress through the evening. Nice to meet you. Nice. Um, yeah, and last but not least, over to you, Suda. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Sudhanshu Tripathi. I'm based out of uh, Mumbai, India right now. Uh, currently, I'm the head of marketing and VP for a company called Sterlite Power, which is a power transmission developer and solution provider. Uh, I think I differ a little bit from all the introductions you heard so far. So uh, I did my engineering in electrical so, and did marketing MBA from UWA, where marketing was uh, a major. And I'm fortunate to work in the same field. So I work for an electrical company and do marketing for them. So that has worked out for me really well. Uh, <clears throat> prior to MBA, I was a hardcore techie. Uh, and post UWMBA, I kind of trans transitioned to a management role. And now uh, uh, I'm, I'm leading uh, a particular function. So yeah, so looking forward to what lays ahead in future. But yeah, education helps. That's what uh, I can vouch for. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Suranshu, I, I think maybe you got, you have a slightly different um, experience from, from the rest of us who only did undergrad. Um, yours was a, a post-grad, right? And you you kind of went through, um, yeah, working and then going back to uni again. Um, yeah, maybe you, you want to share a little bit more about like how, how that was for you. Yeah, I think it's a little difficult uh, to take a sabbatical uh, while you're doing good in your career, but you have to look, uh, I think, uh, look into future in terms of what really you want to do. And then take the season for yourself, whether taking a pause right now, enriching uh, your experience and then transitioning to something that you love doing. Uh, relatively more than what you are right now doing is a call that people need to take. Uh, I was fortunate to be working in Perth uh, at the point when I took this call. I, I fell in love with the Crawley campus. That's how I would describe uh, my decision. That was the major driver I wanted to kind of study by the bank of Swan River. And that was the major driver. I ha happened to meet a lot of people around, a uh, lot of clients of mine whom I was working with where uh, also pursuing their career at that point in time at UW. So these were all various factors which influenced my decision. I continued to stay there while I joined full-time doing MBA there. But it was, uh, when I look back, it was a really, uh, I would say, fruitful decision to kind of make, especially 
when I look back at my transition from a pure technical kind of uh, uh, professional to now a management professional with a wider perspective of looking at things. And the ability to create an impact is far higher. Uh, if you are equipped with uh, the right knowledge, the right network, and if you have the zeal to create an impact. And that's how I describe myself now. I'm a uh, marketer, a passionate marketer who loves to work at the cusp of technology and human impact. So that's who I have transformed, uh, basis all the education and the network effect that I have been able to live with. Yeah, so that's in summary of yeah. my experience. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, and, and this really goes nicely into my next question, which is actually more around the student experience. So, um, yeah, for all of you guys, like how did you, um, you know, you make use of that university experience? Um, did you also feel like you have got that Australian experience when you studied in UWA? And was it a bit of a culture shock? I know that everyone is, com com is coming from different countries. So there's probably a little bit of like adapting when you move to Australia. Um, yeah, we, we can start with Amber, if you like. All right. Um, so um, starting with my student experience. So it's many contains two parts as everybody does, like academic and the non-academic. So for the academic, like we all have like lectures, tutorials, like small group discussions. And the one thing that impressed me the most is like whenever I met some problems, there, there always be someone like to help me to solve the problems. It could be two tutors, it could be lectures. Uh, and for the non-academic parts, like we have like different societies and uh, different voluntary work you can choose from. Um, after I get used to the Australia culture, I started to push myself to like group with people with different nationalities, like to know more about their culture and also to imp improve my poor English at that time. And I found out it's quite valuable, like to make uh, to like get more involved into the Australian culture. I see. Very nice. Um, what about you, Andrew? I think Andrew. Um, so Andrew was was studying in the School of Architecture. Um, yeah, how was your university experience like? Um, I, I was very uh, fortunate because we, uh, in as a school of architecture, we had to spend long nights together, and uh, we we had um, a good kind of a cohort that always worked together. So many of us are are still friends today, and uh, in fact, my uh, the dean of the school now uh, is. What was my classmate? So um, I think um, the experience I had was that we, we made lifelong friends here at university, and um, the, the, I met my wife here as well. So that's uh, that was a very fortunate thing for me. But I also, um, in terms of career change, um, this this actual um, um, lecture theatre actually has a bit of. Uh, sentimental uh, thing for me because I, when I finished my MBA or my, my, one of my last lectures I was, as I was walking towards the, the university um, club, I met one of my lecturers from, uh, from School of Architecture and he was actually the designer of this building. So he was uh, leaving the university uh, uh, after a design meeting with the School of Business. 
And he, we met on the car park and he asked me, what am I doing? So I said, well, I'm doing my MBA, I'm looking for a career change. And from that discussion, uh, he offered me a job, which was to replace him. And he became the CEO of the company. So uh, it was like a, it was like a very serendipitous kind of meeting, but um, it just shows the value of connecting and maintaining the relationships with your lecturers, with your friends that you make here. So I think that was a fantastic experience for me. Such a nice story. And um, yeah, you know, in terms of like my friends as well, I've heard so many um, stories of um, couples finding each other at university. And yeah, it's, it's always nice. <laughs> Um, okay, next, another question that I have is actually, so in terms of your degree itself, um, I mean, some of us, we didn't end up doing um, exactly what we studied, but how do you feel your degree has proved beneficial to you and what is um, most valuable, what, what are some like of the most memorable parts of it? Um, Diana, do you want to start? Sure, I can take you to that. I think I'm a classic uh, testimony of where your degree and what you end up working as are two entirely different things. <laughs> um, so, so I studied petroleum engineering, uh, graduated in 2014, um, and I'm currently working in the world of finance. So we're two different things entirely. Um, and I guess uh, bringing me back to uh, the degree, um, or the degree that I did, I find engineering a very versatile and practical degree which is, um, and, and that's the beauty of it because you can pretty much use it to any field you are out there that is not very niche. Um, and some of the key aspects of engineering uh, that we were particularly thought uh, to do are, are very simple concepts like critical thinking, uh, you know, uh, proper uh, analysis of uh, given, you know, problem solving skills. So these are very simple uh, skills, but at the same time in engineering, they focus and they drill uh, and also impress on you the importance of these aspects, right? Um, then again, a lot of these skills were harnessed through various group assignments and uh, also through some of the other activities that we used to engage with. So um, these would include like theses, you know, research papers, so and so forth. Um, and I particularly find these skills really useful once you reach the working world, um, because then again, you're often deal, uh, well, I am often dealing with a myriad of problems out there. And you always go back to the drawing board, right? Like, how do you clean this up? How do you solve this? What is the main root cause of this? So a lot of engineering concepts come into play with respect to this. Um, and I think the other beautiful thing about engineering also is that most of our assignments are typically group-based. So they're very engaging. Um, and it's also a great place for you to nurture your leadership skills. I, I Particularly in, in the School of Engineering, what you find is we've got many societies out there and I strongly encourage student to, students to also participate in this. Um, I particularly was involved with uh, the SPE, Society for Petroleum Engineers. So these are really, um, you know, small groups, uh, extracurricular activities uh, that tie in very nicely to a lot of life skills, so such as building your leadership abilities. In addition to that, the importance of networking um, and how that also uh, assists in building yourself or the profile um, of your own as well. So I think you'll find that the degree itself, um, combined with the other aspects that the uni has to offer, does provide you a great avenue uh, to build yourself up and therefore prepare yourself to uh, the working world. Yeah, great answer. Like I couldn't have said anything better <laughs> um, in terms of like, you know, having that holistic 
um, experience, right? Um, yeah, okay, if anyone wants to go, were there any like favorite encounters during university learnings that you feel like you took on and you remembered um, throughout this like, you know, starting work? I think let me let me share mine. Uh, uh, I've not talked about the degree. I think we already discussed at length. Tanya summarizes really well. But I think what uh, a, a structured university program helps you is to build your faculties, which you can use later on. Now, the theoretical knowledge rests in the book is a very time-bound stuff, but the world around you continues to evolve. So when you face with practical problems, so when you are executing things on ground, uh, the concepts, again, they can't be just replicated as is, but the, the way you approach them uh, is what you learn uh, when you are, uh, run kind of uh, being part of a structured program. Now, one thing that I would like to highlight is the, the versatility, the diverse nature of the, the group that you get to learn together with. Now, if I remember correctly, my class had people right from say 25 year old to someone in 60s. And, and they were already kind of uh, working on various things uh, across uh, their disciplines, they were doing really well in whatever they were doing, especially being part of the, the MBA program. They were all, uh, I think, geared up uh, to contribute in various roles that they were. And they brought a lot of experience back from them, people from various industries. Uh, they will bring their unique perspective. The theoretical concepts would remain same, the way they get implemented in various industries, the way people see it and practically execute it varies. And that is what, uh, the actual learning that is where the actual learning happens and i would say i would fortunate and to give you a specific example i think i, I talked to you already on that that we had a football match uh, in, in those times and there were people from 64 countries who participated in that match so that was uh, like you know uh, just like the soccer world cup that you see uh, with not so many representation but uh, that just to give you an idea that how diverse it was culturally and from the industry background that the education itself gets enriched and that's what you leverage throughout. I was exposed to sustainability at that point in time. I didn't kind of study that seriously. Uh, but right now, as I speak, I'm also transitioning to sustainability as a career. Uh, now, there's no new education that I have got, but all those learnings, uh, examples, experiences from back then, 10 years back, which is helping me right now, uh, making that transition. It has been a very memorable experience. That's, that, that's really great to hear. Yeah, I think that's what, um, I mean, one thing for me, my own takeaway would be, yeah, that sort of like international exposure. Um, I, I lived in university hall, so it was really nice having that like college life. And also, I think for the first time, like when you're, uh, for me, when I first went to uni was at, at 18, meeting so many different people from different cultures um, and sort of like learning from them. Um, okay, uh, last, last question for this, in this section to kind of like tie it up. Uh, Amber, maybe I'll ask you, what is the most important thing you took away from your education that you could apply in your work today? So uh, if I could only share one thing, I would like to say to get prepared always, especially for the like uh, interviews, if you wanted to get a dream job. And uh, it's also that was from the current HR, as you only have like one chance like to prove yourself. 
Um, in the past few years, like I have interviewed a lot of fresh graduates, like most of them, I believe they have like really great potential and they do really good uh, at universities. But it turns out they didn't get the job. Um, and the main reason is like they're not, they're not prepared themselves well. So uh, practice and research is really important. So research the industry-related information and uh, practice your self-introduction and the showcase is the key. Great yeah. tip. Yeah, thanks, Amber. Um, anyone else want to share like sort of a, a word of advice in terms of the most important takeaway? Or a tip that helped you at work. I I can I can go on this. Um, I think what's especially important as a student um, coming into this environment, uh, of course, is to have an open mind. Um, and that goes without saying with respect to whatever degree you do to um, whoever you communicate with. Because then again, the beauty about this university is that it provides you uh, the opportunity on all these fronts, right? So from, from the education background that you plan to pursue all the way to the resources that supplements that, uh, combined with the diversity of people that you're going to be talking to, they prepare you for your working world. I think that's something that UWA um, strongly emphasizes on and is particularly proud um, with respect to this. Yeah, nice one. Um, okay, so now I probably need you guys to think back a little bit, you know, to that time af right after graduating, um, when you know you're looking for your first job. How, yeah, what was your experience like? How did you manage to secure your first job? How do you go about applying? Um, yeah, if anyone wanted to share their experience. I, I, when I graduated, we had a um, recession. So it was 1989. Uh, we went into a, a very bad recession in, um, in Perth. And um, I remember, uh, out of 24 of us that graduated, only four of us got jobs uh, in that year. Um, some completely left the profession. Most went to different countries. Um, and um, it's nice to see that some of them are still in the profession, but uh, not, not in Perth, not many in Perth. And um, so I think it was a very difficult time to get a job. And, uh, and it came, my, my opportunity came through uh, one of the uh, people that tutored me at uni. And he, he was working in a, a, a company that um, designed the Reed Library. And um, through him, I got an interview and got a job. But I can tell you for four years, I didn't get a clear rise because it was the worst recession we ever had. But um, through that journey, I, you know, when I first started, we had about 60 people in the company. Within eight months, we went down to about 10. So it was uh, a very difficult time for architects. But I think um, it's, it's, again, it's through networking, through the opportunities of talking and, and getting to know your, your lecturers is, is a very big, uh, you know, was a very good thing for me. Yeah. Um, Andrew, maybe just to follow up on that, I, I mean, I would just like to know uh, what made you persevere and stay on in this profession? <laughs> well, I, I think the, the um, I, I did move to Singapore after uh, working here for four years. 
Um, and um, so I think the, the, the opportunity to um, see something in a built form. Uh, so um, in my journey, when I was managing Woods Packard, we finished this building. So I, I got to see the building from scratch to finish. Uh, done in some major buildings around Perth. And, and now I see buildings around different parts of the world that I've, I've con contributed to as well. So I think sticking in that profession, seeing built things uh, is something that keeps, keeps me uh, wanting to wake up and do my work. Yeah, I think it definitely helps, you know, if your profession is something that you have passion for. Um, yeah, that, that feeling of wanting to, to wake up every day and, and do, the, do that work. Um, yeah, maybe we can go to um, Diana to talk about your first job, how you ended up in, at where you are now. <laughs> so, yeah, because <laughs> we're talking about two entirely different fields. Um, so uh, when I graduated, so this is very interesting, right? So when I started uni in 2010, um, that was during the rise of oil and gas and mining and WA was the hotspot for this. So UWA had an entire school of petroleum. I think we also had a school of mining. I believe the schools are still there. Um, and on top of that, we had all these multinationals come in, do a whole sales pitch with respect to us, you know, uh, young students. And they had all these promises. You know what? By the time you guys graduate, we've got jobs readily available for all of you. Uh, but all of them went downhill by the time I graduated. Um, so up, so I graduated with a degree in proper upstream oil and gas. Um, and uh, by that time, I think uh, oil prices were already collapsing uh, a lot. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, local graduates were already struggling with respect to getting jobs. So I, I am from Malaysia. Um, what I did was I thought, you know what, let's see what is the next best opportunity out there. Um, still in oil and gas because I love oil and gas. Um, and I landed upon this uh, supply uh, logistics coordinator role. So ideally I was working for a downstream company, still in oil and gas, but along the supply chain lines. Um, and over the years, so I was, I was doing this role for a couple of years where it required me to move around petroleum products across the country for, for that given company. Um, and at some point, uh, they also had a refinery and I requested, you know what, I've got an engineering degree, you should send me to the refinery and let's see where I can put my engineering to use, right? Um, so I did a quick stint in the refinery where I was also a gasoline blender. So ideally, um, my career to date has been exploring all supply chain solutions uh, across in that particular downstream oil and gas company. And I looked um, at all the things that I've done and I said, you know what, so what is the next best thing that I can look at doing? Um, but by that time, I had already realized that my given skill sets, um, I was very suited to a non-engineering role, if I may put it that way. Um, and by that time I say, you know what, I'm, I wasn't particularly interested in anything engineering. And I say, you know what, I've covered all bases for supply chain except for trade. Um, and through networking, I found uh, another ex-colleague of mine who had this opportunity with uh, Cargill as a cocoa trader. Um, so hopped out of oil and gas, currently in the world of commodities. <laughs> And, and I'm, I, I love it, you know, it's, it's very, and, and, and that's the beauty of all of this, because then again, one door closes, another one opens, and it just brought you, you, you find yourself learning different aspects of yourself, what you're really good at, and, and you just jump on that. Um, so many opportunities around, really, for this. Yeah, um, I, and, and I think, you know, this whole story of like, you know, how your career path was 
I mean, started, I think this all kind of tells well of like, you know, where you end up. Yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of um, maybe with with regards to, um, yeah, securing first jobs, um, if you guys can share like what kind of obstacles did you overcome at that point, that point of like applying, um, I know everyone is has graduated at different times, so some might have had like more difficult circumstances and you know right now we're in COVID times, so I'm guessing that you know students who are graduating now would be a bit worried about the job market, some, the, in some sectors they might be doing well, some sectors not so well, so um, yeah in terms of like obstacles or if you had any advice of overcoming these obstacles, what would you say? Amber, you want to go ahead? <laughs> I guess because you're in HR, if you had anything to comment. Well, it's like, oh, it's a really wide topic. Like different people may like face different obstacles like when they just they start their first job. I mean, like that's one piece of advice. I would to like my colleagues or the other employees who's about to join the other companies is that you have to hide in there whenever you meet questions. So the first six months always be really difficult. Like uh, you just finish your uh, study and you are in the real life. So you may meet problems like uh, uh, you feel like you had, it's, it's really hard to get involved in the working environment. And also probably some other problems like it's really hard for you to get used to the other people which who, who's from different like countries or different universities or even different cities, etc. But the point is that if you're hanging there, like to make sure you get used to it, the success always just around the call of you. Yeah, definitely to persevere on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I, to, just to um, move it in a different line now, uh, maybe for Sudhashu, we can share a bit more about what's changing in your industry. I know like with marketing, it's always things new. So um, yeah, is, has there been, have you, have you seen it change a lot over the years and what's on the horizon? For sure, I think thanks for the question. So I'll talk about my industry. Uh, uh, I think for time immemorial, I think uh, people like Danya who have been in love with oil and gas, uh, they have been dominating uh, the global economy for so long. Uh, slowly, there is a realization, I think she would concur with me that the kind of impact that we had on the planet so far uh, is a little bit irreversible. And globally, uh, all of us in some form are experiencing the climate shift uh, in various uh, forms, whether these are <coughs> floods, earthquakes, uh, fires, etc. So you name it, and I think we would have experienced it in some form wherever we are at this point in time across the globe. Now, that is one kind of, I would say, mega trend which is shaping up. It's uh, becoming formidable. And that will, uh, as it progresses, it will have impact on anything and everything that we do, whether we are talking about jobs, whether we are talking about economy or, or our own lives. So that is something which is really changing. And when I look closer to how it's impacting us, so uh, in power industry primarily, and which is also one of the major culprits of uh, uh, you know, creating the carbon footprint uh, across the globe, we, uh, the most of the power generation has been thermal-based, fossil fuel-based, 
and, and that's the major contributor of all the carbon footprint that we see across the globe. Now, I see the industry changing and I think all of you would be experiencing it in some form, as I said earlier, uh, we are looking at shifting from you know, in the fossil fuel base to uh, an era where electricity will be the driving force. And now that electricity will come from renewable sources. Uh, we are talking about various aspects of renewable, whether it's solar uh, or wind or hydro or anything else in different forms. Uh, but the point is that these sources are located at uh, very far off places. You don't control them. So that is where we see an opportunity. I, as I said, I work for a company right now, uh, which is into power transmission. So that's an opportunity for us to connect renewables to the grid in an accelerated manner. And we try to accelerate the deployment through use of technology of various forms, whether we're talking about AI, we're talking about aerial technologies like Hurricane, et cetera, to speed up the construction and connect renewables as fast as we can so that together, we can restrain the footprint at least to the pre-industrial levels uh, in times to come because if there is any action that has to be done it is now because any delay further will take us uh, away from the goal of saving the world or in in, in words i would say that uh, the real freedom for future generation is freedom from carbon now, if we have to do anything to do that, that our moment is now uh, to be able to create an impact now, uh, around that, as I said, a lot of things are changing, the job profiles are changing, the requirements are changing, expectations from the ecosystem is changing as well, and companies are shaping up, uh, they're trying to align to how they will stay relevant in the context. Now, as someone who is looking to an opportunity in this era, uh, you definitely have to understand the paradigm. Uh, understand how you can contribute in various forms, whether it is through engineering or marketing uh, or even finance or any other, even I think uh, logistics or whichever way, we just need to see how we can contribute to that entire journey. And if you're able to do that, we'll be relevant. And just last point, I think we are here, we're talking about how do we end up searching for a job, et cetera. We should also look at you know, creating job opportunities because where you are all lucky to be part of a vast ecosystem with huge resources at, at hand. You're talking about the UWA University uh, with a very strong ecosystem. Now, this is the right time to leverage that ecosystem. And I would say fail to the maximum number of opportunities that you get so that you are ready for the world when you step outside. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for um, yeah sharing that. I think um, just, just to add a little bit of my own experience, I think, yeah, you know, with companies now focusing a lot on sustainability, corporate social responsibility, yeah, there's definitely like more roles coming up. Um, with, with my company, it's not so much as a permanent role, but they have established um, a green committee. So it's more of like a group where you can join in, they start and like these people, they, they've actually um, suggested lots of great initiatives for the company to take on. So I think, yeah, it's definitely gaining a lot more traction. People are caring about sustainability. Um, okay, to wrap up, I know we have like less than five minutes, um, but if, yeah, if anyone wants to go ahead um, to share one piece of advice that you would give to anyone sitting in an auditorium or our audience online um, who, who's, who's trying to seek their dream job after university, what would it be? Andrew, do you want to go ahead? <laughs> I think my uh, 
it's interesting if my son uh, is in that situation and he's looking and searching for a job. And um, I think it's to have a good support around you to be able to pick you up when you're feeling low and not, not in the right space. Um, and having a, a, you know, a nurturing network of people that can support you when you're searching for jobs. Um, I think what one thing that I wanted to, to mention was that um, it's, you know, after you get a job, after you, you've secured your, 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 your stable with your, your future, I think we, we, it's, it's good to think about giving back as well and think about uh, uh, how you contribute to your own society just beyond just making money as well. So I think that it's um, when, you, when you give back, you get that as well. So I think um, that's one of the things that you will, you'll find opportunities that will lead to, lead to a job as well when you start giving back. So I think that's one, one thing I would say. Yeah, um, and also okay, we have one question from the audience um, in the Q&A and it's kind of what, uh, aligned with what you were saying in terms of um, networking. So they were saying, do you guys have any recommendations because the fact that students are uh, forced to study offshore and you know now you people have to work remotely, what are some suggestions for like remote networking? Anyone want to take it? I can, I can take this really quickly. Um, now, it all depends on what field you're in. Um, I can particularly quote an example because then again, I studied engineering and I was heavily involved with um, SPU, which stands for the Society of Petroleum Engineers. We had a chapter almost in every, uh, every school for that matter, right? So when I was in uni, of course, remote working was a bit different. Um, uh, but because we had a chapter in UWA, we also had a chapter in some of the petroleum engineering schools uh, all over the world. I think every now and then we also had student exchange programs and, and things like that. So that networking opportunities are proved to be really beneficial, um, especially if you're in the petroleum industry itself, because it's very tiny. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe these guys have also taken their networking opportunities very uh, virtually. So they do provide exactly like what you've got right now. You know, you've got a list of panelists telling you uh, how uh, things have worked out for them uh, with respect to their degree. They've got something very similar with respect to working uh, individuals as well. So I think at the end of it, students can always reach out to them, you know, um, ask them, end of the day, ask them questions. How was their experience? Uh, what was relevant for them? And see how much you can actually take uh, with respect to this. So I believe that certain societies do provide this opportunity, but then again, it does depend on which uh, area you're studying in or which area is applicable to your degree. Um, maybe I can add on this one. Um, so with the Singapore Alumni Network, we, we do have a, a, a small committee. Um, I think prior to COVID, we did organize some like, you know, in-person events. There was lots of opportunities to meet people. But um, yeah, so even without these in-person events, I think there's always lots of platforms that, you know, there's the Facebook group, there's LinkedIn. So yeah, I think there's, there's a lots of things that you can do online as well and um, events like this uh, via Zoom. So um, even yeah, don't take it as like, you know, it's a virtual event and be afraid to like ask questions. I think we have the breakout rooms right after this. So ask away, um, network, meet people. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully that that actually can kind of like what Andrew say, you know, it, you, you, you never know what, what, 
um, that new connection would take you, where, where it would take you. Yeah. With that, um, I think I will close it off and hand it back um, over to um, yeah, over Josh. And um, yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks, Innocent, to um, our wonderful panel of speakers tonight for sharing your insights and experiences. Um, there's some really great learnings and advice in there. And I'm sure there's virtual applause happening for you all through the um, system at the moment. Um, thank you again to Laurie West, Study Perth, WA Government, Felt, and the uh, UWA Business School for helping put this event on tonight. Thanks, everyone, and good evening.